Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and if you'd like to hear more from the Activate Podcast, you can check it out on iTunes or on SoundCloud.com by searching Activate Jillian Pelkey. All right, well, we're going to pray and get right into the word of the Lord today. So let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you are ever-present help in time of need, but you're also our ever-present help. You're Emmanuel, God with us. Even when we don't need anything, God, you walk beside us. Thank you for being our shepherd, for leading us, for going before us, for showing us the way. Thank you that you make a straight path before us. Thank you for knowing the plans that you have for us. God, we trust you, and we thank you that you have opened your word to us, that you've allowed us to hear by your Spirit a word from you. God, we thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. Move in our hearts today, in Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to talk about the word again. People are, in this uh, first day of 2019, we are all uh, making goals for the year, thinking about the year at least, and what it will look like, and what will be different, and what will stay the same. And a lot of people go after a word for the year, like one single word that they just hold on to and say, my word for the year is hope, or my word for the year is energy, or whatever that word that they want to hang their hat on and, and think about. Well, I want to talk today about a single word, and that word is again, again. And that's the word I feel like the Lord has given me for the year, again. And it's not the most exciting word. It's a word of um, repetition. It's a word of the same. And the word again means to repeat, to do it again, do it again, do over, do over, do over, keep going, keep going, keep going. And if you break down the word again, it's a gain, a gain. So when you make a healthy choice, you just do it again. You make another gain and another gain and another gain for the kingdom. When you do the right thing again and again and again. I want to talk today about not being weary in well-doing, but going on and doing that same thing that God has called you to do and to do it again and again and again. You see, God knows what's going to happen this year. He knows all about 2019, but he also knows about 2020 and 2021 and uh, 2040. And he knows the day and the hour where he, his son will re return on a white horse and come and gather us, the saints, to go back to heaven. He knows everything that will happen for the rest of eternity. He already knows everything about your life. He knows who's going uh, to come into your life or leave your life this year in relationships. He knows about your health status. He knows the day and the hour that you will die. He knows the day and the hour that you will get your promotion or not get your promotion. He knows how much money you'll have next week. He knows how much weight you will or will not you lose. He knows how often you use your gym membership. He knows what's going to happen this year. And so we have to go back and, and focus our eyes on the one who knows more than us. Jesus knows more than us. Our goals should be found in him. Our goal should always be to grow closer to the one who knows more. Our goal should always be to grow closer to the Holy Spirit because he knows things that we could never know. There's no possibility that we could gain the understanding that God has over our lives. Sometimes he shows us a glimpse of our future or things about our future, but he knows every detail of our future. And he says he knows the plans that he has for your life. So your goal this year has to be to grow closer to God, to listen to his voice, his leading, his shepherding in your life. Our goal has to be to return to the place of being a sheep, of being a follower of, of our shepherd, of knowing the voice of our shepherd, knowing the voice of God. That's our goal. 
because we can make all the plans that we want to make, but God knows what's going to happen. If you look back at 2018 and you were to tell me the things uh, that were going to happen, I would not believe you. The twists and the turns and the things and the places that the Lord has taken me and my family and I would not have believed you, but God already foresaw. He already knew 2018. And so he knew the things that he was saying no to were on purpose. And if I had gone after my ideas and my plans, I would not have reached the places or gone the places that the Lord intended for me to go. If you were to tell me that I would go to Africa, I would not believe you. But God made it so clear to my husband and I to go to Africa in 2018, but we would have never guessed it. But the Lord prepared us all the year before. He prepared us in 2017, in the beginning of 2018 to go. We wouldn't have known, but God knew. And so the little things that he asks you to do, when you listen to the voice of your shepherd, he says, do this. It's to prepare you for something else. It's to grow you. It's to change you. All your life has been leading up to this moment. There were purposes and plans for you. And so if you go and you try to make your own plan, you don't even know what God knows. Isn't it better to draw near to God, to listen to his voice so he can prepare you for the things that he foresees that you cannot foresee? Let's get back to this word again, again. As I was praying and asking the Lord about this year, he just kept saying again, teach kids church again. Help people, serve people again. Preach again. Do it all again. Now that's not super flashy or super attractive. We all want a new thing. But this year for me, the Lord said again, do it all again. And when you hear my voice, listen to it again. And when you hear me tell you to go this way instead of that way, listen and do it again and again, and again, and all those agains will be gains for the kingdom. Here's a a, a way that we can look at again. When we look at Matthew chapter 18, the Lord is very specific in talking about again. Do it again, and again, and again. Let's turn there to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 in verse 22, it says this, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Is it seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven times. Notice in this verse, he says, my brother or sister who sins against me, they did something wrong against him. Something legitimately wrong. If you were to bring it to a court of law, they would say the other person is guilty. They have sinned against you. They have done wrong. And he says, how many times do I forgive? And Jesus says again. And again, and again, and again. See, the laws of the Lord don't change. Do you hear that? Forgiveness doesn't change based on your circumstance. Forgiveness is forgiveness is forgiveness, and you do it again and again and again. 
Charity is the same. Hospitality is the same. Serving is the same. Again, again, again. God, how long do I serve with this apron on? When do I get to put on tight leather pants and go on a stage with glimmery lights? He says, serve again and again and again and again. And take that baby and stand in the back of service. Miss service again and again and serve and serve and forgive and forgive again. It's a gain. It's a gain. It's a gain for the kingdom. Because God has a plan and he's preparing you for it. So do the thing that God has called you to do, no matter how flashy or how marginalized you feel. Know that you can trust the voice of your your Savior. And if he says to forgive, forgive. If he says to love your enemies, love your enemies. But don't do it just one time and say, I've done this. I've conquered this. No, you do it again. You serve another year teaching Sunday school. You serve another year in the nursery. You serve another year cleaning the church. You serve another year helping people when nobody noticed. You do it again and again and again. And you know what it is? It's a gain for the kingdom of God. Do it again. Trust again. Listen again. Because the Lord never changes. His decrees and his laws for us have not changed. We can't get something more attractive, something that's more appealing. No, we do it again and again and again and at just the right time. God will say do it again and again. You know, we don't have a transaction, God. We don't put in our time and then he owes us something. Like when we go to the store and we pay for something, we give over money and we get something back. This is not the kind of God that we serve where we have to pay for anything. It's not how many times I pray and then I get this. It's not if I serve for this much time, then I get a stage. Or if I help this many homeless people, then I get recognized. There's not a transaction that happens in that way. You do the things that God has called you to do, period. And then you do them again. And then you do them again. And we don't do them for the glory of people. We do them for the glory of God. And so if you never get recognized, if you never get seen, you live again and again and again for the glory of God. See, the transaction has already happened. Jesus has already paid every penny that's owed. He's already paid every due. He's paid every student loan. He's paid everything in your, your life that has cost something. He's already paid for it. There's no longer a need to put in time. The time was put in on the cross and the perfect sacrifice of the Lamb of God, the Son of Man, the Son who takes away the sins of the world has been finished. And now everything is free. Now we have access to God himself. Now the penalty has been paid. The debt is paid. It's paid off and it's done. And so it doesn't matter if we pray 14 times a day. That doesn't mean that God now owes us something. It doesn't mean that when we go to church this many times a year, that now God has to bless me or that if I serve and I do this thing behind the scene, then God has to put me on a stage. That's nonsense. He's already given you the greatest gift you could ever give. And that's Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and access to God, the creator of the universe. We don't need anything else. We are not owed anything by God. We are not owed anything in our lives. We lay down our lives and sacrifice our lives to be like Jesus and to be like Jesus. It's to not have a home. It's to not have money. It's to not have things. It's not to have recognition. It's to have peace with God. And that's where we find ourselves again and again and again. We don't live for the accolades of people. We live to grow closer and closer to the Holy Spirit of God. It's already finished. It's already done. And so we're not trying to gain anything. We've already, Jesus has already overcome the world. Hell, sin, death, and the grave is defeated. 
and now we're free. We live in the age of freedom. We live in a a time where all of our debts are paid. And so now we can live in obscurity, knowing that at just the right time, the trumpet will sound and we'll go to heaven. I want to go over to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 9. Galatians 6, 7, and 9. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to reap this, to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, we have an opportunity. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In due time, you will reap a harvest, and that harvest is heaven. That hope that we set our as an anchor to our soul is heaven. You will reap a harvest, but it doesn't matter if that harvest is on earth. It doesn't matter if that harvest is popularity. You've already gained heaven. You've already gained eternal life. And so again, forgive someone. So again, serve someone. You already won. The battle is fought and finished. And now we live as unto Jesus. Now we will forgive again and we'll forgive again and we'll serve again and again and again. And each one of those agains is a gain for the kingdom of heaven. It's a sign that points to Jesus. It's a sign that points to heaven. It's a sign that draws people in. It's if we lift up God, then all men will be drawn to him. How do we lift up God? We act like Jesus. How do we act like Jesus? We lay down our lives for people who don't deserve it, for people who have sinned against us. That verse in Matthew says that the person had sinned against him. So many times when bad bad situations happen, people love to gripe and complain about the person who has wronged them. All the attention goes on. Yes, I believe that was unfair. Yes, you're totally justified in being mean. If I were you, I would be mad too. If I were you, I would take some time away. I would be upset. We need to look at situations and we need to raise our our view higher. We need to look down from above and look down at a situation and say, how can I bless my enemy? How can I do good to those who have hurt me? How can I be kind to the person who is unkind to me? Justifiably mean. I see how mean they are to me. I have every right to be mean back, but I don't live for myself anymore. I live for Jesus Christ. And again, I will gain for the kingdom and I will be kind to those who are not kind to me. I will give to those who don't deserve it. Those who might throw it away anyway. Those who will be unkind back to me, who won't appreciate it. I will live for Jesus. Jesus did this and so will I. And the Bible talks about how when we get to heaven, God's going to separate the sheep from the goats. The goats are the stubborn ones who do whatever they want. They're the ones that Galatians is talking about where they live for their own flesh and not for the ways to please the spirit. And he says the sheep will enter heaven and he'll turn to the sheep. He'll separate those who lived for themselves and those who live from God. And those who live for God, he'll say, you gave me drinks when I was thirsty. You fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. And they said, God, when did we ever see you thirsty? When did we ever see you hungry? When did I ever see you without clothes? And Jesus said, whatever you did for the least of these, you did unto me. Let that sink in. The least of these. Who is the least deserving of your kindness? 
Who is least deserving of your goodness? Who is least deserving of a cup of cold water? Jesus said, whoever you serve in this way, it's like you're serving me. In children's church this last week, we had a lesson um, on that portion of scripture. And the big point, the main point of the lesson was uh, when you give a gift to someone who can't repay you, it's like giving a gift to Jesus. That was our main point in kids' church, and I thought it was so profound. I'm going to say it again. Giving a gift to someone who can't repay you is giving a gift to Jesus. And we did this little exercise where we handed out Christmas toys to all the kids in a, in a circle, little tiny Christmas toys. And when I said, pass to the left, we passed to the left. And it ended up, when I said, stop, that one person didn't have a gift. And I said, who wants to give their gift to that kid? He won't be able to repay you. You'll end up with no gift. Do you still want to give it to him? That's what Jesus asks us to do when he asks us to give to someone when we're not going to get anything in return, when nobody may notice. It's like feeding Jesus, giving a drink to Jesus. It's like clothing Jesus when you give to the least of these again and again and again and again. In this new year, nothing has changed. We live our lives unto Jesus. We surrender ourselves. We lay down our lives. Let's take a look now in Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 8. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. Not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. Jesus Christ is the same. His words to us are the same this year as they were last year. We don't do a one and done with the things that God asks us to do. We don't accomplish, check it off our list, and move on to another thing. It's not like Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts where you get a badge, you've accomplished it, now you move on to the next one. When they talk about the fruit of the Spirit, they say, now add to love joy, and add to joy peace, and, add, and you keep continually doing all those things again and again and again. Further up in uh, verse 13 of Hebrews, I want to back up. It says, well, in verse 1, it says, keep on loving one another. Keep on doing it. This year, 2019, again, do it again. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Verse 2, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if the, you were together with them in prison and those who are ministering as if you yourself were suffering, those who are mistreated as you, as if you yourself were mis suffering. Verse four, 13, four says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immor immoral, immoral. This is again, this year, again, be faithful to your marriage. Again, pour into your children. Again, pour into your relatives and your family. Again, help those who are in need. Again, help those who are in prison and who are suffering. Don't grow weary in doing good. Keep on loving. Let's move on to verse uh, five. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Again, keep your life. Again, for the kingdom this year would be if you would keep yourself from the love of money. 
again. And be content with what you had, what you have, because God has said, and this is in verse five, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Verse six says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of the way of life and imitate their faith. Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Proverbs 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. This year, we have to look to the one who knows what will happen this year. This year, we have to look to the one whose voice is our biggest prize, whose voice is our main concern, is our biggest focus. The voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives guides us and directs us. That's our goal. Grow closer to Jesus. Spend more time in the presence of Jesus, not to check something off or to get a transaction or because I spent time with him, I now deserve blessing. I now deserve money. I now deserve fame. That's nonsense. Spend time in the presence of God because he will direct your path because he knows more. He is more. He's God and he cares for you. He says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your 2019 and your 2020 and your 2021. And he will direct what to do with your children, what to do with your finances, what to do with your marriage, what to do in your church, what to do in every area of your lives. Do it again. Forgive again. Love again. Be again a child of God. Don't grow weary in doing it again. This year, we will serve the Lord with joy again, and we will add to the spiritual fruit in our lives, to love. We will add joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control because there's no law against those things. We can be abounding in love. We can have more joy and more peace when we spend time in the presence of God. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We have to abide in him. He is the vine. We are the branches. He is the lifeblood. We draw from him. He is the bread of life. He is all that we need. And he offers us living water. And he says, if you will come and you will drink, you will have peace that passes all worldly understanding. You will have more than you ever thought possible. If you listen and obey, trust and obey Surrender yourself to Jesus. Surrender yourself to Jesus. You know, I was walking um, on a beach before Christmas, and I want to share this last thought with you uh, before we're done. I was walking on a beach, and it's super cold here in upstate New York or central New York, and walking on this beach, and it's all sandy, and in my mind, I'm expecting to, to leave the beach after I walked a long way down this long beach. Nobody was around. I'm walking all this way down the beach and all the way back, and you're ex- I'm expecting that sand is going to be all over me and then all over the car, and um, my husband's pretty particular, so then I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we're going to have sand all in the house. It's going to drive him nuts. But here's the thing about the sandy beach. The sand was frozen. Sand is supposed to stick to you. Sand is supposed to invade your very life once it's on you. The beach sand gets everywhere. I, I don't know about you guys, but after we go to the beach, there's uh, sand in the laundry room, there's sand in the towels, there's sand in the bags, there's sand in the car. It's everywhere. But this sand didn't stick. 
And the Lord said to me, that's how many Christians are today. They look like sand. You feel it. It feels like sand, but it's not sticking. It's not making an impact. It's not sticking on to people, changing people's lives. It's frozen solid. And the only way that this sand is going to become sandy again is to be in the sun, to be in the presence of God. And when, when the actual sunshine shines down on the sand and it, it, it unfreezes, then it's going to become sandy again. And so is true in our lives. Um, there's the verses in the Bible that says, if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made useful again? And, and this is very similar to that. If the sand is no longer sandy, if it's no longer sticking, it's not doing its job. Our job, our purpose in life is to live for Jesus. And in living for Jesus, we forgive again. We love again. We do these things again. We gain for the kingdom. And many of us have become frozen. Many of us are not sticking. Many of us are not doing the thing that we are created to do, which is to act like Jesus. And this year, I would just encourage you to spend more time in the sun to get unfrozen, to get a little more sticky, to invade people's lives with the hope of the gospel, to invade everywhere you go. You just, the hope that you pour off into other people just won't leave them. Sometimes that hope pours off in forgiveness. Sometimes that hope pours off when we're joyful. Sometimes that hope pours off when we do things that are only uh, inspired by God himself. If it were not for God, we would not forgive. If it were not for God, we would not offer this cold cup of water to the least deserving person. But because of God, we do and we become sticky like sand. We become salty. We enter hope into people's lives where they just can't get rid of the hope that you poured into their lives. They just can't get rid of this uh, bit of the Holy Spirit that's been poured out on them. We need to become sandy, like a summer beach. We don't want to be like a winter beach that's frozen in place, that's not making an impact on the world. To make an impact on the world around you, you need to spend time in the sun. To make an impact on your family, you need to spend time in prayer. Because that time in prayer is not a checkbox, like I've done my diligence and now God owes me something. That time in prayer is this intimate relationship with God where He can download into you the things and wisdom that you need to mother and to father and to be married and to work at your job. He downloads into you peace that passes worldly understanding. And if you don't spend time with him, you're coming up with your own ideas. You're living for your flesh and not for the praise of the spirit, not for the glory of God. Prayer time centers you, changes you, turns you back around, reminds you of what's important. It's an anchor for your, for your soul. It's a reminder of heaven. When you set your mind on things above, everything changes. Your perspective changes. So this year, I want to encourage you to spend time in prayer, to have your goal to be closer to Jesus and to live for him this year again. Be a gain for the kingdom of God this year. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are our shepherd that you lead us, you guide us. Help us to listen to what you're saying. God, help us not to go our own way, but to go your way. Jesus, I thank you that you know the plans that you have for my life. You know every day you have the hairs on my head numbered. You have my name written on the palm of your hand. You know everything about me and you love me. And so God, I pray that I would listen to the plans that you have for me, that I would listen to that still small voice, that I would draw near to you, that I would draw near to you with my whole heart and that God, I would hear from you. God, I pray for everyone listening to draw near 
near to you, that they would hear your voice, that they would be quick to obey and to listen to the things that you have for them. And God, if it looks like we're missing out, if it looks like we're always in nursery or holding a baby in the back, that we don't get to be in the things that we want to be, God, I pray we would be content in our season. God, that we would be content knowing that you can speak to us uh, right there in obscurity, that you can speak to us even when we're not doing the thing that we want to do, that God, I pray that our will would be aligned with your will. God, I pray that our lives would be laid down, that it wouldn't be about our preferences. It would be about bringing glory and honor to you. God, I pray that we would lay down and die to ourselves so that we could live in you. God, I pray the peace that passes all worldly understanding to guard our hearts and to guard our minds, that we could live in you and not in our fleshly desires. God, this year, may we learn to love you again, to love others again. God, be our peace. Lord, we choose to draw near to you. Thank you for Jesus. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.